time to play ball. Welcome to the podcast with no limits. Whether it be sports, current events, or random thoughts, this is the place to step in and stay a while. Your host is a proud alumnus of Rio Hondo Prep, a former minor league baseball umpire, and a man with strong opinions. Welcome to the Get Home Safe podcast and your host, Matt Persima. Hey guys, and welcome to another episode of Get Home Safe. It is Friday, October 16th, 2020. Thank you for tuning in and listening to us, whether it be today, early in the morning, maybe over the weekend uh, during some free time, or maybe even many months from now. Appreciate you guys uh, pushing the listen button and uh, just checking out our podcast. We love our loyal listeners. We love our new listeners. So if you're new to the program, thanks for checking out this podcast. We hope you'll go back and look at some of our previous episodes as well as uh, stay tuned for some upcoming episodes uh, if you like what you hear. So welcome to everybody and happy Friday to everybody. What a great way to start uh, the the weekend with an episode and get us uh, home safe for the weekend, as we like to say, uh, with a fun guest today, a fun Suds with Studs segment. Just a lot of energy today as we uh, end our week of shows, but also take us into the weekend. Uh, I do want to say a happy birthday to my good friend Jordan Ross. Jordan is a firefighter for the Los Angeles Fire Department, and he's been there a long time. He's a father of three, a very, very good friend of mine, a proud member of the class of 2003 uh, from Real Hondo Prep back in the day. He and I were uh, in that class and are proud members of uh, being graduates of Real Hondo Prep, especially in that great year of 2003. Uh, additionally, today on the program, we uh, have a guest who is also from that class of 2003, Mrs. Rebecca Salcedo, although back then she went by uh, Becky Hetty, and she was in our class, and she was one of uh, the people who lived out in the east, out, out where I did, out, out us, us Glendora, Covina people, uh, so we always uh, share that in common in our commute to, to school over at Riondo Prep in Arcadia, California, but uh, great catching up with Becky. It had been a long time. I'm going to call her Becky. I don't know. I, I'm sure she goes by Rebecca now or, or whatever the case may be, but she's always going to be Becky to me. Uh, some great memories with Becky from that class of, uh, again, 2003, our, our juniors and senior year specifically, just kind of uh, figuring out this whole uh, older teenage years thing and going into adulthood. We had some fun memories that we talked about and just a blast catching up with my good friend, Becky Hetty. Um, it had been a while, as I said, she's a mother now, a mother of a uh, beautiful young uh, little boy, Jeremiah, two years old, and uh, just growing up every day, little by little. So uh, he was actually in the room for a lot of our, the interview we did over Zoom. So a lot of our attention, her attention was uh, towards uh, Jeremiah, but it was great having both of them on the air. So uh, just a heads up there, if you hear some uh, background noise or some interruption, that's just uh, her son uh, checking, seeing what was going on on the computer there. And, uh, you know, as I told Becky, she's a mother first at all times, at all times, right? So anyway, uh, we're going to have a great interview or we did have a great interview and I look forward to you guys listening to it, catching up, catching up with uh, Becky. It had been a long time. Uh, I do want to say that, uh, Becky is very passionate about not just being a new mother, but her uh, assistance really and kind of leadership and mentoring of other mothers, kind of uh, passing along information and re really being at the forefront of all of the pregnancy 
issues that come about and just uh, being, being there for information, informative and educational. And you know what? I think it uh, definitely is something that the fellas can learn also. So uh, be, be sure to, to stay tuned here for some information that Becky talks about really about uh, motherhood uh, kind of before it happens, if you will, and just all the things that go into that. And uh, she's very passionate, as I said, about uh, women and, and uh, you know, su- expecting mothers. And I'll let her tell you all about that. I think you guys will, will learn a lot. I know I learned a few things. And just a, a good conversation, like I said, with my good friend, my good pal from back in high school, uh, Becky Hetty. Uh, well, guys, there was some news Thursday night, of course. Uh, how can we not talk about sports on this show? Uh, the Los Angeles Dodgers, guys, you know, after getting beat on Tuesday night, uh, we, we all but wrote them off on Wednesday, me and my buddy, Bill Barnes. Uh, and then, you know, they come out swinging out the gate on Wednesday in game three, score the most runs ever in a postseason inning. I believe it was 11 in that first inning and one game three to give Los Angeles, give Dodger fans hope. And then all of a sudden, never mind. Right. I mean, this is what the Dodgers do. This is who they are. I grew up a big Dodger fan. I lived and breathed and died every pitch, every pitch, every season, every postseason. And you know what? Some things just don't change, whether they go to the World Series or not. Um, I've always liked Clayton Kershaw, but he just cannot deliver. He's not the guy that I think so many people want him to be. And there's nothing wrong with that. It is who it is what it is. But if you're going to put him up in the up among the great Dodger pitchers from the past that have delivered in the postseason consistently, that have won World Series, I don't think you can do that. I feel bad for the guy somewhat. He's also making what nearly thirty million dollars a year, or whatever it is, maybe a lot more than that now. So I think with you know what's the saying: with great power comes great responsibility. I mean, I'm sorry if if you are selected to be the ace and the best pitcher in Dodger history and all these things when it comes playoff time, when it, when you got the ball in your hands, I know he gave up, uh, you know, runs late in, you know, the sixth inning and he pitched a five solid in I know all those things. All right. That's what you want from any starter, but, but your ace, I mean, come on, where's that Kurt Schilling moment of just saying, Hey, I got the ball guys or pitching three times in, in a world series or, or just saying, I, you know, I'm going to keep us, uh, I'm going to keep it close for us. I mean, where is that moment? I mean, we talked about the great uh, Bob Gibson passed away, you know, over, over uh, the last week, the hall of famer. I mean, there's just not this, this tenacity. Like there's always this worry when Kershaw takes them out. I think Dodger fans, you know, there, there's this, there's passion. Yeah. He's going to do great. But too many times, so many Dodger fans, you, you've seen the, you, you read this book before. You, 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 you've seen the ending, right? I mean, it, it's frustrating, I know, because Dodger fans have wanted so bad for this team to get over the hump. And now they're down three games to one. And it was always funny talking to my dad about baseball. He, he never... I said, Dad, you have to stop trying to understand it. I know they scored 15 runs yesterday. That doesn't mean anything today. He, he could never wrap his head around that stuff. And that's just my dad, but other people too. Like, what, what in the world? I'm like, baseball is just different. It, it just is. And, and Kershaw, hey, I know you pitched pretty good for five innings, but 
man, that first home run he gave up was, was a bomb. And I think as soon as that ball hit the seats, most people are like, oh, yeah, it's October. That's right. These things happen in October. The leaves change a little bit. There's more football on TV. And the Dodgers uh, blow games in the playoffs. It, it's very sad. I know for years they weren't even in the playoffs. But, man, they're, I know they're, and they're playing the Atlanta Braves, who've had terrible postseason uh, woes or, or in recent history. And they seem uh, to be playing very well. So, uh, Clayton Kershaw, I feel bad for you only a little though, because you know, when you sign your name on that dotted line and, and you're supposed to be the ace, not, not, not a number three guy, a number one guy and, and ace of aces, you're supposed to, uh, carry the team, put them on your back, pitch eight innings, give up one or two runs, not, not give up four in six. That's not good enough in the postseason. It just isn't. It just is not. And uh, Dodger fans, you got to win three in a row now. I I chuckle at this stuff now. And, and do I want the Dodgers to win? Yes, I do. I want the Dodgers to win. As a, as a kid, I grew up in high school and college. I It's all I wanted. I wanted it more than Rams games. More than Laker. I wanted it more than anything. And i just been hurt too many times to give my whole heart into it anymore. Plus, I got into umpiring and everything, and I've just, you know, I've already talked about that stuff on podcasts before. It's not really, it, it's too hard to to do both of those things, to to like a baseball team and be a good umpire, even if you don't umpire Dodger players, although you do when they're in the minor leagues and stuff. Anyway, that's a long story. Uh, additionally, on Thursday, the Houston Astros had a walk-off home run in Game 5 to force Game 6. Watch out for the Astros. I know that's not what Dodger fans want to hear. I know it's not what Major League Baseball fans want to hear. But down 3-0, they won the, the the last two games. Carlos Correa with the big home run on on uh, Thursday to, to give the Astros the win. Watch out. Here they come. It's Game 6 uh, tomorrow, on fr- or excuse me, on Friday for the Astros. Game 5 for L.A. and Atlanta. Uh, but man, if the Astros can force a game seven, watch out, just watch out. I think, uh, for if all the improbability of the year that is 2020, I could definitely see the Astros going down three Oh, coming all the way back, winning the, winning the ALCS and going and, and win the world series in a, after everything that's happened to them, after all the drama, all the trash cans, all the firing and uh, it's 2020. I mean, I, I can't even. Uh, tell you <laughs> some of my thoughts on the craziness that's happened over the years. Uh, unbelievable. I know Becky's a big uh, Dodger. She was a Dodger fan. Her fam, A lot of her family members, big Dodger fans. So I do apologize to any of those Dodger fans listening. But I got to tell it how it is, guys. I mean, the Dodgers, people get behind them. And we talked about blind allegiance on Monday. Um, at some point, you got to just shake your hand and be like, why Why do they continue to do this to me? I know I'm a loyal fan and this and that. I mean, it, it, it's it's interesting. I know there's a lot of Dodger haters out there too, but uh, it is what it is. Dodgers have been very successful the past, uh, I don't know, 10 years or so, whatever it's been, but they just can't get over the hump. I, we'll see. We'll see what happens. They got to win Friday. They win Friday, then you get to Saturday, then you get to Sunday, but you can't get to Sunday until you get to Friday. You've got to uh, play well on Friday. And we will see what happens. And Clayton Kershaw, I hope you get another shot. I, I really do. I hope you get a shot maybe in game seven to to uh, come out of the bullpen, whatever, and just uh, prove all your haters wrong and have your big moment 
Uh, I know a lot of Dodger fans have been waiting for that. Uh, well, guys, today's Friday, and we always have a Suds with Studs segment, a moment where we talk about somebody that is uh, that is a hero, really. It has displayed uh, courage. Uh, usually it's people in the military, people in law enforcement, firefighters. We try to uh, have a wide range, a very broad spectrum of people we like to talk about. Uh, a lot of, uh, not, excuse me, uh, Medal of Honor winners. We, we were our first couple people. And, uh, you know, we got a good one today that uh, I hope you guys will uh, will enjoy as much as I enjoyed uh, talking about it. But uh, we also, well, what I wanted to say in closing is that I know most people aren't very big boxing fans. Most people who are into combat sports love MMA, love UFC. Okay, but I want you guys to hear me out uh, this weekend. Uh, there's a very big boxing, uh, Matt, a very big fight on Saturday night. It's not going to cost you a dime. It's not on ESPN pay-per-view. It's not on ESPN plus. You don't even need that online $5 subscription. It's on big ESPN, regular ESPN. Yes. On Saturday night during college football, uh, I've already looked, there's not really any big games uh, on Saturday night for college football. And, and maybe someone else will say, oh, well there's uh, whoever's playing, but uh, I got to tell you guys, if you're looking for a good fight, uh, tune in on Saturday night. Uh, seven o'clock is when the main card starts on ESPN. Again, won't cost you anything. Uh, Tiafimo Lopez uh, is going to be fighting v- Vasily Lomachenko, and uh, this is the lightweight division. Okay, it's pound for it's one thirty-five. This is number one versus number two. It's uh, all the belts are on the line. Okay, Lomachenko is the proven veteran. Uh, his record, I believe, let's see, is fourteen and one. And he's going up against uh, he's going up against uh, Tiafimo Lopez, who is fifteen and zero, rising young star in boxing. Uh, I got to tell you, if you guys watch one uh, fight in boxing this year, make it this one. Make it this one. I I hope it lives up to how I'm building it up here. But a lot of people have wanted this fight to happen for a very long time. Uh, a lot of people have called it outside of Tyson Fury and Deontay Wilder, uh, or or one of those two guys up against uh, Anthony Joshua in the weight and the heavyweights. Uh, th- those are obviously you know the, the fights of the year. But uh, for now, I think this is the fight of the year. Uh, Tia Fima Lopez is just a, a rising star in, in boxing, and I know boxing isn't as popular as MMA, but these are little guys. They're one thirty five. I, I really think if you tune in. The main event will probably go off at nine o'clock or so. Check it out. Uh, I, I will be watching. I'm really looking forward to this. And I think if you tune in, remember it's three, three, uh, 12 round, 12, man, three, 12, three round, three minute rounds. There it is. Um, it'll take, you know, 40 minutes of your time, 45 minutes. Just uh, give it a shot. I, I think you guys will like it. Who knows if it'll even last that long, but these are two very good fighters in the boxing world and i just can't say enough about it i hope it go hope it goes a, a good amount and both fighters put on a show it's not just some uh one or two round fight but but that can be fun too so espn saturday night seven o'clock main card probably goes off about nine o'clock tiafimo lopez and Vasily lomachenko uh, 135 pound lightweight championship all four belts on the line so uh if you're a boxing fan and if you're not a boxing fan still 
check it out. I can promise you, uh, I think it'll be pretty entertaining. I can't wait. Well, guys, let's get to our Suds with Studs segment. Uh, and then after that, we will go right into our interview with Becky Hetty. Happy Friday to everyone out there. I will take a quick breather, and then we will jump into Suds with Stud immediately, followed by our interview with Becky Hetty. Well, guys, on Fridays, we've been talking about people that inspire us in our segment called Suds with Studs. We talk about a lot of military personnel, law enforcement, firefighters, sometimes everyday citizens who just do courageous acts, uh, really uh, display tremendous heroism uh, in the face of danger. And uh, we talked about a lot of Medal of Honor winners when he first started. Those are the kinds of people that we kind of talk about here uh, every single Friday in a quick segment, a quick summary really about somebody. Uh, nothing too much in-depth, not too much detail. A lot of times I encourage uh, you guys to go read up more on these people and uh, more on the same today. Uh, although today's uh, suds with suds with studs uh, person we're going to be talking about is is rather close to home for me. Uh, so I kind of have all the information. There's nowhere you can really look about it. Uh, but anyone that wants to talk to me uh, about it uh, anytime, I'm always willing to chat. I don't know a whole lot of inf- information, unfortunately. I wish I knew a lot more. I have a few family members that I got to talk to and try to gather more accurate information. But you guys know how that is sometimes, uh, how things uh, go. But anyway, we call this segment Suds with Studs because if it were at all possible, these are people that we would absolutely love to sit down and have a beer with. And you could absolutely be certain that we would not just be buying the first round, but all the rounds. So that's what I came up with, Suds with Studs, just an opportunity to talk briefly about somebody that uh, I, I think can inspire all of us just based off of either their military service or maybe it was one sig- singular event in their lives where they had to step up or maybe just years of service by being who they are uh, and, and showing up every day for a, a lot of different years. Uh, we, we've had some great uh, discussions here about all kinds of people, uh, whether it be people from the Civil War, people recently, uh, police officers who were killed in the line of duty. I mentioned the these uh, Medal of Honor winners, people from the Civil War, uh, all kinds of different people. And, and I encourage you guys to go back and, and look look those up on our Friday episodes. We've been doing it for a few months now. I know sometimes the, the intro and then this gets a little long before the discussion with our guests. But you know what? Uh, I think it's worth it. Just an opportunity again to talk for 10 minutes or so about somebody. And I'm very proud of, of today's person we're going to talk about. I, I don't have, again, I don't, wish I had more information, but we're going to be talking about Leo Mora. And Leo Mora, for those that don't know, was my grandfather. My grandfather on my mother's side. Um, I didn't know much about him when I was a kid. I spent some time with him uh, when I was very little. Uh, He did have a stroke and was kind of in a convalescent home for a long time. And I went and visited him on my bike a lot in my uh, early teenage years. And then unfortunately, when I was a junior in high school, Uh, practicing football August of 2001 excited and ready to start uh, varsity football for the first time Uh, my grandfather passed away and that was a very difficult time because he was really my last grandparent and so my 
by the time I was a junior in high school, I didn't have any grandparents left. And it always surprises me now when people are my age and they still refer to their grandparents. And I'm like, man, you're lucky. You are absolutely lucky that you have uh, grandparents still. Like, I think that's incredible. I just, I have no idea what that's like personally, because I lost uh, all my grandparents by the time I was in high school. And uh, my, my, I didn't know my grandfather really on my dad's side I knew my grandmother on my dad's side she was grandma she was everything to me I lost her when I was in fourth grade uh, again on my mom's side of things I, my grandpa grandpa Leo he was he was all I knew as a grandfather um, his wife my mom's mom she died when she was in her 20s well before my mom even had me I'm not her 20s my mom was in her 20s uh, her mom was was uh, was was young, not even fifty yet, and um, so this was this man was the only grandfather I really knew, and I'm incredibly proud of some of the memories uh, with him. He was a hard worker. I'll say that. I mean, I remember when as a kid he came in the backyard and he replanted our grass and everything. And uh, my mom always told me that, you know, Grandpa Leo, he was. He was in school when he was in third or fourth grade and his family pulled him out of school to come work on the farm. So like that was all his education. Uh, my, my grandfather, uh, you know, the name Mora, I know some people are surprised that there's a, a Mexican heritage there, especially looking at me, looking at my mom. Uh, but what happened was Grandpa Leo came back from World War II and met my grandmother, who I never met, um, who was... Uh, French Canadian. She was at the. She was in New York on a visa, I believe, and so, you know, she was rather uh, white, whiter or clear com- complexion compared to my grandfather. So anyway, that's how the the story goes. Uh, and so my my mom and her siblings. My my mom's siblings are actually a little darker than she is, which is interesting. But anyway, uh, my grandpa Leo Leo Mora served in World War II. Served admirably. Um, did did some fighting for sure it was also a, a cook it's cooking isn't all he did but uh, that is something uh, he was good at he cooked a lot for the for the boys fighting over there and uh, mainly my grandfather he was involved in Sicily and North Africa uh, he also served a little bit in the Italian campaign over there uh, in Europe and everything with the uh, fighting uh, never got into wasn't involved in d-day or anything like that but he was there kind of early on when when the u.s was fighting uh, in in north africa and like i said sicily and then eventually coming up from the south down there uh so very proud of that in my grandfather i wish i knew more information i I knew kind of where he was at i got to talk with my uncle philip um uh, my mom's brother about some of the history with my grandfather Uh, one of the greatest gifts I received was from my aunt Louise my mom's sister who gave me all of his Leo's uh, papers Uh, there's too many things here to read but there's a certificate uh, of eligibility from the veterans administration there is a certificate for uh, come see for war service uh, that is you know was written in the 1940s and, and here it is I'm looking right at it and it's just crazy stuff like that that I, that uh, it's it's crazy that it's it's been kept for so long. But I'm very proud of of this little folder I have 
regarding uh, my uncle, uh, my grandfather Leo's service. Um, in my living room, our living room, we, we share a house with another couple here, but uh, in our living room, it's one of my proudest, tra- uh, proudest, um, what would you call, sorry, one of my proudest uh, possessions, there it is, uh, is my grandfather's photograph uh, in his uniform and the American flag that, uh, he passed away in 2001, but the army sent uh, service members to perform uh, taps at his funeral and to you know fold the American flag full full honors and everything which was incredibly powerful for me I was let's see I was 14 15 uh, nope 16 check that and uh, it was just one of my it was a sad day but it was pretty cool to see that the military uh, came to honor a veteran uh, who passed away in his 80s you know years after uh, World War II had ended so very powerful stuff I actually I played a, a song at my grandfather's funeral a trumpet song I, I you know what I, I could tell you right now but I got a lot on my mind uh, it, the, the name escapes me of the song right now um, but anyway I remember playing that song towards the end of the funeral and as soon as the funeral ended I just I lost it I was like it was so final and everything and uh, I knew that my grand, grandpa Leo uh, we didn't talk a whole lot. I wish, I, I wish like a few more years, like junior high. Uh, well, it was junior high, but but more of my high school years, maybe even my graduation of, of high school and into my early college years. That would have been really cool to really talk to my grandfather more and learn more about him. Um, there is some, again, I got to research it, but there is some uh topics of conversation that have come up at family gatherings and stuff where it was kind of it was said kind of indirectly that leo served again not directly under george Patton, general Patton, but kind of indirectly served under george Patton. so uh i got to get all those details uh, he was in north africa and sicily where Patton, you know did a lot of his his work so they were at least in the same area and again, I got to talk to my Uncle Philip to gather more information. But I, I've wanted to talk about Leo for a long time on this segment, on this Suds with Studs segment. And again, I wish I had more information. But uh, just in, in remembering my grandfather, every time I walk in my living room, I see that American flag with the, I got a really nice case for it, with the years of, of his service and the years of that, you know, he was born and he died. And it's just, I, I walk by him every time and I, I, I think about, man, had he not come back, then my mom wouldn't have been born. Then I wouldn't have been born. Like, it's just crazy to think about when you look back at these veterans. And I know so many people had, when I was a kid, had grandparents who were veterans in World War II and this and that. And it's sad that as time goes on, we're kind of slowly losing World War II veterans. It's just, you know, they they, they reach an old age and uh, it, it's, uh, it's a bummer. But uh, just what an amazing uh, generation of people that went over and fought in World War II for the United States and in the other countries as well for the allies and everything. Uh, just a special group of people. And I don't know if we could do that today in society with what we have today. Uh, <laughs> there's a very different group of people we have out there in today's world. Um, so it'll never be the same as, as it was there in the 1940s with, with the people that, uh, like my grandfather, that dropped everything they were doing and went over there to... Uh, to help liberate the world of evil. I mean, it's tr- truly powerful stuff. So there was a, a quick, one quick story I had that I, I know I'll try to speed it up here. But my, my dad, uh, he owned a, an M1 Grand, which is a the rifle that was used 
in the uh, mostly in the World War II. There was other weapons as well, but my grandfather had had a stroke. He was in a wheelchair. He's at our house, and he did, he wasn't talking much at the time. Um, but I do remember my dad showed Leo the M1 Grand, and my grandfather he he couldn't really talk at the time. But he took one look at the rifle, and tears just started to roll down his face. And I think him seeing that rifle took him back to what him and so many other people went through. And it was such a powerful moment for me that my grandfather felt that way. In his 80s, and thinking back to that time of his life, and I thought, man, there's so many other people like this from World War II at his age or older, just you know. And my dad wasn't trying to do anything except just, hey, look, hey, check this out, Leo. What do you, you know? And it was such a powerful moment that I will never forget. And I knew that he wasn't just over there. Cooking steaks for the boys, you know. There was, there was plenty of things he and many others saw, I'm sure, and just all the World War II veterans out there. It's just amazing to think about what they did, and that's why I can't get enough of, you know, World War II movies and history. I just, I'm big, big follower of it and everything. So, to my grandfather, Leo Mora. I wish I had more information. I'm gonna definitely make it my goal to look up some more information and talk to relatives and stuff.、Uh, You know, before it all goes away, because、uh, we, we gotta we gotta remember、uh, where we came from and our relatives and our our, our background. We gotta remember those things in a positive light. There's so much、uh, negative influence on on history and things these days.、Uh, I think it's good to think back about some of the amazing things and amazing people. So, to my grandfather Leo Mora,、uh, I wish I could sit down and have a beer with you, and I could promise you I would not just be buying the first round, but all the rounds. I know it's not possible. It's been Man, 19 years since you've been gone, sir. But、um, some of the lessons as a young kid that you installed in me,、uh, I'll just never forget, and will always cherish. I will, I will always remember your work ethic, and that's something that will always stick out to me every single day. And that I walk by your picture and your American flag, and I'm gonna try my very best to、uh, make you proud every single day、uh, that I'm on this earth. So. I miss you very much. I wish I could sit down and, and have a beer with you. And, and、um, you know what, guys? If I'm honest, sometimes I do. I, I go. I, I do with my grandfather in that living room, and、uh, it's just me and him. It's just me and him, and、uh, those are special moments. Anyway, that's、uh, some of the types of people we want to continue to talk about on our Friday segment, Suds with Studs. Okay, joining us today is Rebecca Salcedo. I knew her back in our high school days as Becky Hetty, as I'm sure many people listening out there、uh, remember her as. But Becky was gracious to join us today to do a recording. She has her son Jeremiah with her in the background, so there's、uh, might be some some noise, some some of、uh, Jeremiah reaching out to his mom or talking to mom. But we're happy to have them both on the program. Becky Hetty, or excuse me. 
Rebecca Salcedo, it's been a long time. Welcome to the program. Thank you. (laughs) I'm trying to remember. It it had to have been, we'll see. We graduated in 03. And I want to say it was around 08, the last time we saw each other. Uh, So it's been well over 10 years. Yeah, for sure. Well, 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 Becky, what's new and exciting? I, I mean, we see uh, your son, Jeremiah, there, who is two going on three here soon. What, uh, what's motherhood been like for you? Um, it's been good. I, I, some, I mean, I worked with kids like my whole life. I taught preschool and I nanny. But having your own, you don't ever get a break. So that's fun. <laughs> but I, it, it's like the greatest, most tiring, fun, exhausting journey. I guess you could say there's lots of rewards, but there's lots of days where you feel like I just need a break, (laughs) but then they do the cutest things, you know? (laughs) So after working with kids pretty much your whole life, I remember you in high school, always helping Uh out with the, you know, the the nursery and everything. Is it what you expected to be a mother or maybe uh, (laughs) there's some more, some more uh, curveballs thrown your way? Um, I think, I was better prepared than I thought I'd be. I think from nannying, because you spend a lot of time with those kids. I mean, I know I wasn't, I, okay, I was prepared and I wasn't prepared. Every child's different, so there's that. And I don't get to give this child back to anybody at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. But it did help me not be, I think, so freaked out or like first time momish. Like I was able more to stand my ground, to not get as easily flustered. Though there are moments, let me tell you, where it's, yeah, we're both crying because. not the easiest but i it did help and it didn't i guess yeah i think experience matters no matter what you're doing i mean it it could be if someone who's never really worked with kids at all i mean at all and then gets thrown into that they could be successful but they probably have a lot more to learn than someone like you did Um, i didn't have to worry about diaper changes what to do for fevers you know like just some of the random stuff where if you didn't know, it might be a little bit of a freak out. Like, oh no, what are we supposed to do? <laughs> um. Well, well, uh, he's a beautiful kid. Uh, I think it's awesome. You, you, uh, you just have the, just the one uh, son, one kid for now? For now, yes. Hopefully more in the future. Oh, very, very fun times. That's awesome stuff. And yeah, to the audience out there, if you hear any uh, music or anything of that nature, that's just Jeremiah on the couch watching, uh, watching some TV there. Uh, yeah, I can some cookies right now. To- <laughs> <laughs> you are a pro. Look at you. I was like, here, you can save it for this moment. <laughs> oh man, that's awesome. Well, well, Becky, what's, what's currently, how are things going currently? What, uh, what are some things you're you're, uh, besides being a mom at home with, uh, with your son, what else, what else are you maybe studying or kind of looking to get into, um, in the, in the near future? Well, I'm, I started back at school online right now, um, to be a doula and lactation counselor and childbirth educator. I have a lot, but I have, <laughs> most people may not know what that is. So a doula is someone who basically advocates for the mother is there for them during birth, before birth, after birth helps them with whatever they may need, whether it's baby stuff, breastfeeding, in the hot, like in the hospital when we're allowed back in, you know, massaging, what do they need from the nurses, explaining things to them, just helping them get the birth they want and to start motherhood on a a higher note, like feeling like you're not alone, you have help, and then lactation counseling to help with the breastfeeding. Um, It's actually a big struggle for many, many women 
and they give up super easily not realizing a lot of the problems are normal and do occur or don't have don't have money or education or access to help so i want to be able to help women who can't afford to get the help they need so that and then childbirth educator just to teach childbirth classes about birth what it is what happens to your body what you should eat because we don't no one the ob doesn't tell you hey you know might be better to change your diet during this time the, the baby's taking from you exercises like what to do with cramps like there's just so much involved and there's so little education in that world so the spider so i just want to help women like who don't have access and mostly it's you know if you have money you have better access to the stuff so just yeah to help just to be there after going through birth myself i had a two-day labor almost c-section back labor birth that yeah it was it wasn't fun but i wish i knew then what i knew now Mm-hmm. I feel like so many things are given and taken that don't need to happen if you know and you have an advocate and you are able to. So it, was, it wasn't until you became a mother yourself where this became something you wanted to pursue? Um, I've always thought about it. I thought about being a nurse, but I really don't want to because I don't want to deal with all the like blood and that kind of stuff. Okay. I just don't want to. <laughs> so I've thought about it, but I wasn't sure in what capacity. I love... I love, I loved birth and I knew breastfeeding is like important. I have an aunt who's a lactation consultant. She, you know, works at the hospital. I've been around this my whole life. And so birth kind of fascinated me, but I didn't really know much about it. And, you know, people don't talk about it. They don't talk about their yeah. births, miscarriages, all that stuff. Before Jeremiah I did have a miscarriage and going through that and feeling very alone and, you know, like people don't talk about it. People don't share. Like, you're not supposed to say you're pregnant until you're so many weeks, but yet you struggle alone. So dealing with like the hormone, the balance, I have cousins who can't get pregnant, cousins who do get pregnant, cousins who have lost babies during pregnancies, you know, like just a whole realm of things and to be able to be supportive. And then I've had friends who feel lost, forgotten in the hospital, especially minorities, um, people in minority, like they, you know, like just not getting the healthcare you deserve, not getting this. And so I, after I had him realizing I was very lucky. I had, you know, an aunt who was a, uh, a t- labor and delivery nurse who's now lactation, who was there. Uh, you know, I had a good support system and I realized if I didn't have that, I wouldn't probably failed at breastfeeding and given up, given into like a C-section right away, all this stuff. So we'd be able to advocate for that. And I was like, I want to do something. So what can I do? Instead of sitting here thinking, that'd be nice. Yeah. I, you know, I sh- you know, people need help. Like, so what can I do? How can I do something to help other women. And I just, maybe just being a woman, like I just feel like so often we are given just not the best push forward or we're not, it's just not enough education in it. So I just wanted to be able to help educate and help be a advocate for it. So I started back in school while having a two-year-old, <laughs> which has been fun on a pandemic, in a, during a pandemic. Yeah. <laughs> Your timing's impeccable. <laughs> I know, I was like, this is a, you know, it just makes for a lot of late nights because he doesn't uh-huh. really always let me yeah. do my schoolwork, which is, you know, I got to really concentrate. Yeah. Well, it's interesting. St- I mean, it, it's so, it's crazy to think that, you know, something like the concept of life, 
uh, that we're just not that educated on. And, and I'm going to be honest, I will say uh, <laughs> us males, uh, we kind of, yeah, you're right. It's not something that, that men really talk about, uh, really anybody, but especially men are just like, oh, okay. And I think yeah. when guys become fathers, they obviously know a lot more. But your typical male out there is like, oh, that's what? What? Oh, yeah. OK. All right. Yeah, or it's like, you know, we just leave that to the professionals. Yeah. And well, your wife's at home going through a lot. And why is she so hormonal? Like, you know, like I want to tell you, like, you know, pregnancy hormones are not always fun for either people because you're dealing with it. And I mean, I always tell my husband, like, I'm so sorry. Like, and, you know, it's just there's so many issues and you want to be supported and it's just hard. And, you know, but like I expect my husband to, especially during delivery, to know what I need it without me having to tell him, like, how dare you ask me? Do you not see what I'm doing? Like, <laughs> I am focused. So I just feel like you and women who have been through it before can kind of like see what's coming and be like, okay, I know what you're going to need to anticipate. And I yeah. don't expect my husband to anticipate that. And it's unfair of me to have those expectations. I realized during my labor, like you fell asleep. How dare you? I mean, I was in labor 48 plus hours straight. Uh, I was so mad when he fell asleep. Like it's been two days and you're asleep. Like what? <laughs> like, so I don't get to sleep. So um, I just think it's, you know, important to have outside help besides that. And, mm -hmm. Wow. Well, God bless you both. <laughs> that's, that's uh, I'm sure he's looking forward to the next one as well. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I feel more, not like every pregnancy, like I said, and every delivery is different, but I just feel more educated and prepared and to mm -hmm. know how to handle situations as they come. Where before it was very scary and I was trying to learn because I'm one of those people where I research everything to the max. So I'm going to get a couch. I'm going to research it. You know, like stupid stuff. Like I want coffee. Well, which coffee place is best? Let me research. So this, I like, well, pregnant, I was like researching. I mean, we did a 10 week birth class, not that one day. Cause I like, it was amazing. They went over like eating and even like, how do you feed the baby? How do you do this? Baby carrying all this stuff, which women don't know. Like, I'm so surprised because these are age old things, thousands of years, people have slung babies on their shoulders and we don't know anything. Like, mm -hmm. I mean, how to take care of a baby when they're constipated, everything. And I, I just researched the max out of that stuff. So I, but I feel like I still didn't know because no one was there to like help me. So well, I don't know. Yeah. It's scary. So how's that gonna work? Are you then going to be, um kind of a, a freelance uh, childbirth educator or is um, it like you're hired by a group of people or something? You, uh, okay, so as a doula, I would probably be more freelance. So like I have, you know, like I can do, I do have like a home birth coming up and hospital birth right now. Host certain hospitals are allowing doulas in because they actually do help the woman and free up, you know, the medical personnel. Um, I have a home birth. So basically that is like, I get my own clients and you know, charge my fee and work with them pre-birth, during birth, and a little bit after birth for what they need. And then for lactation counseling, that's an after birth, obviously. Mm -hmm. You know, if women who struggle breastfeeding and can't afford the consultant, which are, you know, they're nurses that do lactation, to be able to do some home visits and then help them. And then childbirth educator, you, um, when I finish that, I could be hired a lot of those people who teach at the hospitals are childbirth educators. Okay. Teach the childbirth classes. So I could work through hospitals. Kaiser hires them, you know, different hospitals around. 
do you hire them? Or I could do my own private childbirth classes, which people do. And, you know, women come to you and you charge a fee and you do classes with people who are pregnant together. You could do yeah. one-on-ones. You could have, you know, seven, eight people in the class. But you get to make, for those is more freedom. You get to create your own curriculum, basically, and teach like that. Hmm. And that's what I did when I was pregnant. I did a freelance one, um, which I loved so much. So Well, Becky, with the background kind of you and I have where we grew up, you know, through Curiously, Rihondo Prep, Mm -hmm. I mean, we were all, it was ingrained in us that, hey, uh, service to others, service service to others, whether it be when we were coaching, when we were kids or when we, you know, in RHLA or college, like that was kind of like always do something where you're helping others. And even though you loved kids, you were always around kids growing up. Did you ever foresee yourself as doing something like this specifically? Um, no. And you know what really changed my mind? When I left um, care when I was, you know, college age, mm-hmm. I went to a new church and I actually started doing their youth group. And these, um, we worked with more kids who were from, I guess, like single income homes, you know, just like not, at, you know, most kids were latchkey kids basically. And, so we would actually pick them up in our cars to come to youth group, our activities and stuff, and really spend time with them. And these were high school and junior high kids, which before were not my forte. Like, you <laughs> no, know, like, kids no. are hormonal and crazy and <laughs> attitude. But, you know, I have attitude back, so I would be like, excuse me? Like, mm. So <laughs> seeing them and places they're in and education made me really want to do something more for people. Besides young children, I guess. But I never thought I would want to be helping birth moms because. Mm-hmm. The very I, beginning. <laughs> yeah, like I didn't even like know like really what birth was. They're just, it's not pretty. I mean, I mean, it's beautiful, but it's not like <laughs> messy. So it's just stuff like that. And that made me realize like, hey, I, I kind of like this age. I mean, they're feisty, but they have great minds. And, you know, like you could totally like have in-depth conversations with these youth and really see where they're you know just I feel like that was just so meaningful and so doing um high school and junior high although junior high is definitely not my forte like (laughs) no thank you those junior high teachers are so they deserve like crowns in heaven beyond because they're so they're like five-year-olds but in older bodies yeah yeah I hear you uh coaching having coached junior high kids That was cool. that was quite uh, quite a four years. So you tell you. Yeah, <laughs> that was so, a few hours a day. Not uh, how often was the youth group stuff? A couple days a week, maybe. Uh, yeah, two days a week, and then Sundays. But then I would meet with different ones throughout. But I definitely with junior high was not my thing. Like <laughs> I didn't have the patience for them, and I thought I had a lot of patience, but apparently not for those hormonal teens. Oh, it's it's funny what we think we know uh, as we're as we're growing up ourselves. I know, like <laughs> you're twelve, like. Mm. Oh, never mind. A lot different now. Um, so, so yeah, after Archley, after college and everything, so you got involved in the new church. What was the church that you were uh, involved in? It was called Spirit of Joy. Okay. Um, I started with their college age program, which is called the Gathering. Where basically it was a Friday night. It was just college people come, and what was great is there the. You would do Bible study, and then 
it was like, you know, Bible study, worship. And then afterwards, like somebody always volunteered and made a homemade meal, basically. So then you ate together and you just talked and hung out and Mama. did lots of things. Yes. Come out. Okay. Go ahead. Thank you. <laughs> Sorry. And that really built community. Like I, you know, like it was hard leaving and, you know, making friends and starting at a new church is always very difficult. When it's people you don't know. So that was really like, oh, eating over food always bonds people, you know, food. Great bonding. <laughs> yeah. Jeremiah's so getting that was here. so helpful. <laughs> um, and yeah, so I went there and then after, well, first I went to a different church and did before this group and actually did youth there. And mm -hmm. from that church I did, uh, I went to Ecuador Oh, wow. I was able to do a mission trip to Ecuador. And then when I switched to this church where I made a lot of friends and stuff, I went to Brazil. So I was able to travel and see just different parts of the world and stuff like that. And just open my eyes more what we had and how ungrateful and not just ungrateful, but like, what can, can I do here that we're not doing to help? Mm -hmm. But yeah, I mean, there's like, I get mixed up what happened and what order. I'm so sorry. Yeah. No, no worries. <laughs> hey, we're, we're bouncing around. We got uh, Jeremiah jumping in too. It's all good. Uh, well, I mean, I think missionary work is something that is so, uh, I, I'm trying to think the, the, the right word. I mean, it, it's such a giving concept. I mean, to go to another country and it's not usually somewhere that's glamorous. It's somewhere where you are trying to get the word out, the word of God and, and preach to people. And but, yes, think, and one thing I've learned though, is I feel like if you want to make an impact, it has to be long-term, uh -huh. not short, not like, Hey, I'm here. I feel like that's more like I did such a good job, but like, and that made me realize like, I want a long-term impact, not like, Oh, I help these people that I'm never going to see again. Whereas if I moved there and was living with them, you know, like, who do yeah. you take seriously? Someone who comes from somewhere else and gives you something for one day or someone who's like, hey, I'm here with you. I'm going to walk beside you. Mm -hmm. Like, let's do this. And I think Jesus was more like, I'm going to walk beside you versus I'm here for a day to give you a message and feed you fish. Like, yay. Well, I, I think there's a good point there because in today's age, it seems like there's a lot of people that, that do things just to say, hey, look what I did. And, and I think that's not... Uh, you know, whether it be a video or a picture or, you know, everyone wants kind of like credit for doing good things when yes. that's not really the point of it. It shouldn't be. Yeah, I agree. I think so, it's just a, our society as a whole. Like we like to be like, wow, look at you. Yeah, I, I know. I mean, I got news. I got news for most people out there. You're not that important. I mean, because of social media. <laughs> I mean, I don't even know you had a diet Coke yesterday. Like, yeah. That's great. Like, <laughs> ah, you know what I mean? Like, it's really made us feel so much. Whatever we do is so important. When it's like, mm, actually, like, there's a lot bigger issues here. Yeah, yeah. that Becky, that's fantastic. Uh, I I agree with you. I'm right there with you on social media and everything. But I'm so for opening people's eyes to go see and figure out like what can you do if that's your goal and you want to help people, then do it. What but was? Do the, it I'm sorry. Yeah. Okay. Oh, what was the biggest, what would you say from those couple of mission trips you did, what was kind of the biggest eye-opening experience or kind of the most memorable thing about going to those countries as a missionary? To be perfectly honest, um, you know, they're, they're both, you know, Christian-based. You're going as that. The biggest eye-opening thing was that 
in America, we are so spoiled in our Christianity. We don't really know the power of the enemy and the power of God. Like we don't. And that really changed my uh, like mindset about my relationship with God, everything, because I feel like the enemy is so sneaky and he works in such different ways there and here and ways that will affect you. But we are so asleep. Mm -hmm. I like saw so much there and these people like we, you know, you read the Bible and like, Oh, people can be healed. No, it's happening, but not here. I just don't, it's weird. We are so like comfortable in our faith. We're comfortable in our lives. We think, Oh, I'm so poor. Do you have a roof over your head? Do you know you have food tomorrow (laughs) on the next day? You can go buy a drink. Like I can go to a coffee house and buy a drink. Oh, I need new pants. Guess what? I'm going to go buy it. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, and not just that, we don't have to rely on God. We say we do. And we're like, oh, I rely on God. Oh, I'm having a hard time. I'm going to go rely on God. But like, we don't really know what that means and what that is. And that really made me think like, man, I am so spoiled. Man, like, what can I do to change my perspective, to change my outlook on people? I feel like I grew up and I'm going to pray to God because I really want to do this or do that. But it's like, why would you even listen to me, God? There's so much more going on and it's first world problems not that i don't think god doesn't care he does care because i like as a parent like if jeremiah wants a toy i want to give him that toy it'll make him so happy but it's temporary and then he wants a new toy you know like i want this toy if we go to target homeboy is begging for toys all the time yes you did get a marble run he did just get a toy oh but like you're not satisfied and you want the next bigger better and i want to give him that because it makes him happy but in the long run, it's not, you know, best for him to be overloaded with toys and sensory. and. Yeah, I, <laughs> I, I used to pray all the time uh, to God to help me win sports, sporting games. Right. And you think Which about it. American. <laughs> it's like, yeah, it's like, wait a minute. God's got some pretty bigger issues here than uh, whether I win a game or not. Um, and what's funny is you mentioned the next toy, the next toy. I mean, as soon as I'd win a game or lose, whatever. It'd be like, okay, what about next week? Can you, can I pray for that one, you know, to win? It's just like, it's, it's comical at the time though. It feels so real. I'm just like, no, this is, it's so important. It's always heavy on you. Yeah. Yeah. But you're right about first world, third world stuff. Um, Yes. People. Yes. Yes, you can. Sorry. Uh, That's all good. Mother first. It really made, it won't come back. Sorry. It won't come back if you put it behind the TV stand. No. He's really into putting, pushing things off things and gets stuck. Um, <laughs> honestly, like it really made me like throw out, like, you know, they talk about Gideon throwing out the fleece, like throw out a Gideon fleece to God. Like, yeah. yes. When I came back, I was like, God, if you are real, you need to prove it because I feel like I know the church, Jesus, and I know this, but there's also more to you. So how, like, if I'm going to follow you and keep following you, then I need to know who this more person is because I'm so sick of just being, you know, here. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's just so comfortable. This is so nice. Oh, God will help you. I mean, and I hate, okay. I, there's some pray, Christian phrase I do not like, like, I'm going to pray for you. Oh, really? Are you really going to pray for me? Or is that just what you say? Yeah. Like, and so when I tell someone I'm going to pray for you, I want to really mean it and know that they know I am thinking of them. I'm taking what they are going through so seriously. I am going to take it to God and be like, I'm here for you. Be, and meaning if you need anything else, I'm also here for you. It's not just, oh, I'm going to sit here and pray because that's very, okay, that's great, but I'm still starving. You know, like, yeah. you pray, yeah. maybe you're the answer to my prayer, but you don't realize that. Or, and 
it made me really be like, God, who are you? And my perception of him since then has totally shifted a lot, like mm-hmm. a lot, a lot. Realizing what and who he is, who am I? What does it really mean to serve someone? Is it really important that I'm in church on a Sunday morning? Is that really how God will see me as faithful? And I don't think so. Like, I don't, Yeah. I don't I, think you stop worshiping him, but no. I, I think I, I agree with you on a lot of those points. And that's kind of where I've come to a conclusion yeah. as well. Um, I still have my faith. Uh, it's very personal. It's not yes. out there. And yeah, as far as if, if we're, if I'm being honest about my church attendance, it could be, uh, it could be a lot better, uh, but that's just kind of, again, you have some very valid points there that I think if we're honest, other people have felt that way or have experienced that, especially coming from the background where you and I come yeah. from. Um, it's not like I, I tr- go away from God completely. Um, right. some people do, that's kind of their thing. Uh, that's not where I'm at. Um, but you bring up a good point about prayer is that, you know, I'll pray for you. Okay. Because on the flip side, some people are very much like, oh yeah, they make fun of it. Like, oh, thoughts. Yeah. And prayers. yeah. Oh, I don't need your thoughts and prayers. You know, uh, in today's world, you see a lot of that. So I think it's very cool that you say, no, if you're, it, you, you mean what you say, it's not just uh, a reaction, a response. Yeah. Like, it's not just a built in. Thank you. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, I've had friends who like, oh, I pray about everything. Like, what decision to make? I'm like, well, God gave you a brain, honey, so use that. Like, <laughs> I'm, like, I'm sure. Like, I feel like I don't understand. And like, I know God cares, but like, you have a brain. You are smart. Like, you mm-hmm. can make this choice. So I've, I also feel like he gives us tools. Like, you know, like you teach your children stuff. I'm teaching Jeremiah to do things. So I don't have to. I'm teaching him to potty train, so I don't have to change his diaper. You know, like, yeah. I'm teaching him to get snacks for himself because I don't want to be doing it all the time. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I yeah. just feel like there's stuff you are taught so you can be independent and do things. I think that's a good way to look at it. You can't it, – there's a fine line because some people would disagree with the way being dependent versus yeah. an independent. Like, okay, it's dependent on some things, uh, that desperation at times that we have – but at the same time, you got to take the steps forward yourself uh, in your walk you know, of life. The Bible refers us to like, as you grow in your Christianity, when you're a baby. So I feel like as a child, when he, as a baby, yes, I changed him, fed him, did everything. He couldn't even talk. But now I expect more from him as he gets older. Mm-hmm. And it's valid. So I think so. <laughs> well, well, Becky, before we kind of talk about uh, the uh, growing up and everything, I, I do want to say thank you for something. And, and I don't know if I, I think I have... It's been a long time. I think the last time we saw each other was in uh, 2008. And I remember the year, obviously, because I know 12 years. I was like, oh my God, I'm old. I, we, we are. It's I'm crazy. Young. I'm young. I still feel, don't, do you still feel like, I don't know, 23, 20? I, I feel like high school was a couple of years ago. I still feel so young. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I'm like, I thought my age was so old when I was in high school, but I feel so young. Like, oh, yeah, I know. I look young still. Hey. Age, is, age is just a number. Uh, exactly. <laughs> well, in, two, in 20, uh, 2008, uh, Becky, you know, you were very active in your church and everything. And uh, I do want to say thank you because uh, I, it was July of 08 when my, my mom passed away. Mm-hmm. And you, uh, there were so many people there who came in support. But I remember you distinctly. You came, you brought some friends. And, um, you know, we just talked about the whole praying for you concept. Um, I mean, you, were, you guys were very passionate of, in that moment. And it did give me a lot of hope and it didn't work out the way we all wanted, 
but I do want to say thank you uh, as a, the, the great friend that you, that you were uh, in that moment. I mean, that was something that will always stick with me and my family as well. So thank you. You know, the friend I brought, he was actually one of the guys I met in Brazil. Mm -hmm. He's from Brazil, Adi. So, so to me, I felt like he gets things a little bit more. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. Well, uh, it's been a long time and uh, we, I'm trying to think when, so thanks again. And I'm trying to think when, let's see, I started Real Hondo Prep in seventh grade. Um, wait, 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 before you move on, I want to tell you this. Yeah. There's a story you told me about your mom a long time ago. And this always comes to mind, even to this day. Oh, really? Help me be positive. Oh, man. You talk about light and you go, because, oh, we missed the light. Well, no, look it. Now we're first in line. <laughs> like, versus you being positive versus being negative. And that always comes to mind, like, when I'm just like, oh, okay, well, what can I find positive? It's like missing that stoplight. Okay. Now you're first in line for the now next you, light. Now you you're know? first. Yep. That's what my mom always said. And I tell you, every time I drive, I, I grumble <laughs> my teeth too, because I think of that moment. Just like, oh, she's right. But I don't want to hear that. I want to yeah. make the light. <laughs> we all want to make the light. Oh, well, thanks for remembering that. That means a lot to me. That's, so, that's cool. <laughs> so right there. Uh, uh, well, Becky, we didn't grow up too far from each other. I was in Glendora. I think you were technically Covina, but it wasn't very far apart. Mm -hmm. um, I started Rio in seventh grade. I never really, we, maybe we did. You were on the Gators as well, I believe. On, on the At girls that side. time, yes. Yeah? Okay, I started so. off in Indian. Oh, really? Well, I lived, grew up in Norwalk. Oh, in really? fourth grade, we moved to Glendora because my brother went to Rio and it, they used to commute with my dad from Norwalk to mm -hmm. Arcadia. Wow, you have, you have treasure. <laughs> Um, so we moved there and we, so I was on Indian from five years old to about nine. And then we moved to Gators and I was not very happy about it. Oh, honest. come on. That's a winning franchise. I, like, I am an Indian. I don't want to be a Gator. <laughs> oh, well, I, wear blue. I like the West. That's so <laughs> I was, that's so funny. So you guys grew up in the Norwalk, in Norwalk. Uh -huh. So your brother, your Matt Hetty, was going to Rio, and you guys moved further away from Rio. <laughs> well, we moved to Glendora. Norwalk was really far, um, but he stayed. He never switched to the east. Okay. He was older than us, but me and my sister did, which I was because you know we live so close to Wingate. Well, Kyla Russell now that it was like easier for my mom, and there was a bus that took us. Okay. <laughs> There's a bus that took us and stuff, but yeah, I always was so angry. Like I did not want to be an East team. Like I did not want to. <laughs> that's but so my funny. mom did not listen to me. No. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> ah, that's funny stuff. Well, so you guys naturally were in Care Youth League because your brother was old. Your brother got into it first, and um, like, yeah, my actually my yeah my aunt sent her cut my cousins there. So when my brother was old enough, he went. They were coral. And then we, you know, we got to kind of choose a team because Norwalk is out of the area. Mm -hmm. So they chose, it. my brother chose Indian. And yeah, that's how we started. <laughs> oh man, he's, he's all fired up. That's funny. Uh, so you're, you're in uh, Cary Youth League. Who are some of your coaches, whether it be Indian or the Gators, who really stuck out to you uh, when you were a young kid? Um, I think that first coach, I, okay, I know the coaches I had pre previously to like second, third grade, 
But the first coach I remember was actually Mrs. Drain because she was always so fun, you know, so full of energy. And we had cookie baskets and like just a lot of fun things like thrown at it. Like she was always like fun. She was my Marina coach. So my second. And okay, hold on. So you need to be motherhood never stops guys my second and third i don't you know world friends i don't remember as much like i have pictures so i can tell you who my coaches were but i really remember i was never like a sports person so like that fact that we had cookies every week at club meeting was like the biggest thing for me like that's the greatest part so maybe that's why i remember it so well like we had a cookie basket that was so cool um yeah, so she was my first coach, and then Corrine Heaton was my coach when I moved to Gators, and I remember her. I liked her. I feel so bad. Like, I, we were not nice to her, very nice, now that I think back. Like, I don't know how she put up with us and didn't quit, because we are not the nicest. <laughs> because when you were, yeah, say flip, flip the script, when you were coaching or you were in youth group, you know what that was like to yeah. bad kids. So it's interesting. Like, oh my gosh. <laughs> So, so I asked Monica, I asked Monica Bohorka is this, uh, she was very into sports and very good and everything, but what was it like in Carrie? You said you weren't really into sports and I know there's other things yeah. that girls program does. So how do girls in the sports program, how, how do they, uh, how do I say this? How do girls appreciate Carrie youth league when they're really not that into sports? But you know what? Like, I don't know if it was like a generation thing or the way my parents were or the way it was. I may have complained, but I still had to go and I still participated because that was important. So I never even thought it was a thought to be like, you don't play. It was just like, oh, I may like pick flowers when I was five and six and not stop the ball. I may not want to, but I was there and that you don't, you just were there. You didn't say, I don't want to go. You just were like, okay, I'm going to go and I'll take my glove and I'll try, but I'd rather talk to my friends. I mean, I, when we moved to, wing eight we would go down to the creek and get in trouble because we'd want to just lay down there you know like where i'm a kid but i get a snack from the snack bar it wasn't ever uh, like it i just never thought i hate this sport it was just like eh, i'd rather do other things but that's what we're doing it well, was never that's a good lesson though that the parents say you're still gonna go i mean that's that's really cool you know yeah <laughs> I, I think mean, you're going to be well-rounded. There you go. There you go. I think care does a good job of that. Sports is obviously the foundation, but there's other options out there. Uh, the yeah. boys and the girls side of things that. Well, I feel like girls do crafts and we do a lot of other things. Our outings are very girl catered to and crafts and you know, that fun stuff. Yeah. So and, never... and the boys uh, outings are, Hey, go let loose, get wild. Uh, you know, go be boys and run around. Yeah. <laughs> so great stuff. I well, mean, I loved it. <laughs> so uh becky you eventually go into real hondo prep or did you go to pearl i actually started before pearl so oh. i went to fourth grade at rio hondo and then the next year for fifth grade they opened pearl so i went okay. to real pearl rio nice i think a lot of oh not a lot but a few kids did that uh yeah so so junior high it's i came over at seventh grade and so you're you're at real hondo prep now you're at the the, the junior high, we are not in high school yet. I mean, do you have any memories from kind of those days in, in junior high with yeah. the, our teachers and everything? I, okay, one of my favorite teachers is Mr. Wyman. He was my sixth grade teacher. Mm -hmm. Maybe because I was teacher's pet, but like, <laughs> you know, like I loved it. I love Mr. Loomis. Uh, Mr. Lunny was my teacher, I think seventh grade, if I'm, was he, uh, I think he was, seventh. Yeah, he was seventh. I was in Loomis. I was in the Loomis class. Okay. 
I was in Lenny and I love that during like we had you know writing period and he would read his stories from the Vietnam War and I love history and even at that age I found it so interesting and just like I loved it you know like I never knew like wow this is amazing I think it was one of his last few years teaching um but I enjoyed his classes because of that I'm trying to remember I mean those are the ones that really stand out I do remember I think this was high school when Ginger Lenny now Demers was our teacher yeah and you smelled the what was that gas and <laughs> you weren't supposed to and you oh. took a big sniff of oh, it oh <laughs> I took uh was it ammonia I don't know but I, I totally like yeah, we were what we were supposed to like yeah like get a small like whip <laughs> yeah and you're like Woo! I, I stuck my whole head in the thing and like I it oh about knocked me out or woke me up whatever you want to call it and I was uh, dying I forgot about that I f- should have brought that up with her when I talked to her yeah that's right I took a big hit uh in high school I was like man Ginger you're poisoning your students <laughs> <laughs> so funny and I, you know, I was so thankful Cassandra was my partner during those labs because she's all about science and I'm poor. My brain does not work that way. So I was like, I don't even want to touch this frog. Like, and she was all like, let's cut it open. Oh, she's like, I got it cut. And I'm like, yay, I'm so glad you're my partner. I think our class was, our, our, oh, it was in high school. Yeah, I think like so. Junior. So we had kind of a small group of us. Yeah, very I small. Believe. Like even smaller than our normal class size of 15. So yeah, I do remember like that. five, like six or something. Yeah, <laughs> she was better at the knife and everything than, than we were. <laughs> I was just like, yeah, you can do it. Like, ugh. and I'm usually not so scared of things, but I, my whole life, my husband is very science brain too. And me, I'm like, yeah, no, that's not me. Mm. Oh, I do not like science at all. And I, I've made that abundantly clear to Ginger and, uh, and also, <laughs> also Phil Horton, who was a science teacher of ours. Oh, yeah. Uh, so- <laughs> so so as a you're a junior high girl and you're, you're in mr gary lunny's class mr gary lunny passed away recently um you know so i talked to a yes. few different people about him and i mean even as a uh, even to the girls in the class he was very interesting you, you talked about him talking about vietnam and everything i mean yeah what a character that guy was yeah i mean i i really enjoyed his i really did enjoy his class i loved his stories i did he's such a storyteller he was yeah. such a storyteller and mm-hmm. he had a way with words and i love that we did journals in that class and that was my favorite those are my favorite things like yeah. i really i think it really made me love writing and reading a lot i loved reading my whole life but like to be able to have the freedom to do that in the class was great well i, I remember also, oh go ahead you, dan davis um, dan davis mm-hmm one thing I do appreciate for him is it made me love like old movies because he'd play those movies in his classroom in eighth grade. <laughs> Don't know if you remember that, like Pride and Prejudice, like. I did remember that. Yes, I did. I, I love that. You know, it started because it's so hot outside. You just want to get out of the heat and then, oh, I do like this movie. Like, Yeah, I, I am open for any, any film watching uh, other than the classroom time. I am all in favor of it. Exactly. No, no matter what the movie is. And yeah, we watched Pride and Prejudice. It was like. I love that movie. People to the day have tell they're like, You've seen that? I'll go, Yeah, I've seen that. I saw that way a long time ago. Yeah, who are you? <laughs> yeah. Oh my goodness. Uh great, great times, great memories with uh, with teachers and everything. Yeah, you were always the reader. You always read I remember you always had a book in your hand. Still do. Still do. Still to this day. Well, you just talked earlier about research and everything. I mean Oh yeah. You think that's obviously because you love to read and you just yeah, and I want to know, like, okay, well, part of my, I think my personality is if like, you're going to, and this is the same with, I don't know if it's because of how, where I grew up or whatever. It's just like, if, 
like if I went to, like I love to read. I am con I have like books con in my room, every room, and I'm constantly reading. There's books in my car because I'd rather be left with a book than without. I mean, I got stuck in traffic and I start reading. So <laughs> what the thing is, I think with research too, is it has to do with the love of reading and words and also my personality. Like if you're going to tell me, and this has to do, I feel like, think when I was just learning things, like if someone's going to be like, oh, like I go to a Bible study, we're going to study Samson, blah, blah, blah. Well, then I'm going to research Samson before because I don't say, I'm going to know, like, I'm going to check you if you're wrong. Like, I need to know. I just questioned a lot of things, and I don't know if that's healthy or not. I mean, there's a balance, found like, there's a balance of it. But so, research, like, if you're going to tell me you shouldn't do this or you should do this, well, why? Well, let me go back and see why. Like, <laughs> I don't take anything anyone says, I guess, at face value, unless I truly trust you, and that's a good or bad thing. Because I want, and I also am curious, I want to know, even as a child, if you tell me, you know, we don't do that. Well, why? Like, I really want to know what's so bad or what's so good or what's so, what is it? Mm -hmm. So I want to search and know, and I mean, to research and basically know, the, and I want to get the best for what I have, like, you know. So. so you're like that little kid always is asking why. Yeah, probably. Why, why, like, why? yeah <laughs> or like oh so you said this in your talk and now i'm just wondering did you know about this like does that play into it like are you really the truth telling me the truth <laughs> that's funny oh that's great um but but as far as as far as reading like i i mean some like doing it more than others was it always like an escape for you was your mind more did you like that just did your mind work that way better? Yeah, and I like picture it in my head as it's happening. So it's kind of like a movie to me. Like, I don't, I guess not everyone does this. When you read, I, I picture what the characters look like. So it's really hard for me to go to a book to a movie sometimes. Like, I'm like, oh no, that is so wrong. Like, that is so <laughs> bad. Like, no, they do not look like that. Like, there's very few. Pride and Prejudice is one of the ones where, the, to me, I could read the book and love the movie. Mm -hmm. And there's some like, oh, I hate that. Like, or they did not go off the book. This is wrong. Totally wrong. I haven't read a ton of books that became movies, but there have been a few. I, I used to hate that statement. Oh, the, the, the book's way better than the movie. I'm like, better than the movie? No way. How, how's that possible? But there was one or two books I read that became movies. And although I, I, I understood, I, I understand where you're coming from now. I'm like, yeah. okay, the, the movie was great, but the book was better. And I couldn't believe I was saying those words. I was like, man. <laughs> This is what growing up is like. <laughs> yeah, and I just, I mean, to me, it was, it was another world. Oh, my goodness, hold on. My mom's trying to FaceTime me. It, <laughs> my mom FaceTimes, guys. Wow. Okay, it was, it's like another world. It was like an escape. All, you know, we would drive to things. I would always have a book. There was a book in all my bags. On trips, like, I, I love to read on trips because I could get away from all these. Like, I am an introvert at heart. Um, if I know you and I know people, I can be very extroverted, but I like my alone time. I like to, like, I, after I go to a party, I'm like, I just need, like, my poor husband. I'm like, can you just not talk to me for a while? <laughs> like, I just need time to myself. Um, so, like, on trips, it was my escape. Definitely, yeah. like, all these girls are driving me crazy. I'm going to read in the bus. I'm going to do this. <laughs> and it was just a new world, and I loved it. And I felt like I was, like, so sad when books end. Like, oh, my friends. These are my friends. And I can <laughs> get to time with them. <laughs> that's really funny like, uh, i mean I'm, I'm probably the girl who was like i love that i would marry that character like i wish these book characters were real <laughs> but oh uh, well, well becky uh, it, our class you know there was 
Rohondo Prep is very small classes, and ours was 10 boys, five girls. And I got to tell you that uh, you and all the other young ladies in our class, they really deserve some type of trophy or medal or something from making it through the years, the high school years with us, because we, the boys, well, I guess mostly me and a couple other guys, we were looking back. I mean, we were so odd. We were so different. And how you guys put up with us on a daily basis, I have no idea. So uh, you, Alicia Lammers, Cassandra Shubb, Sandy Yang, Roxana Rios, God bless you all because uh, your, your high school experience definitely was probably way different than a lot of other people, especially from uh, uh, what we knew. So <laughs> it was nice having a small class because you knew everybody. It wasn't, you know, there's no surprises. Like, yeah, you know, you get what you see. There's yeah. only kind of you boys. So. <laughs> you know, one of my funnest or most fun memories, Becky was, uh, I believe it was our senior year and we did the, was it the survival camp? Oh yeah. Uh, and I remember, I think we were seeing, it had to be seniors. And I yeah. just remember us, we, we built the fire. None of us could sleep in the huts that we had to make. And we just, we stayed up all, all night talking, all, all 15 of us. It was so us. fun. Yeah. And it was just so cool. I mean, we're sitting there talking about everything and, and it was like the end of our, our time was coming soon and we were going into adulthood, but I remember just sitting there chatting. That's one of my fondest uh, memories. And, and again, you break down our class. We had, I think three, students from from different countries in in uh, mm -hmm. sandy yang nick Liu, and james umamora i, I mean it was a, a fun group of people really uh that i still think of all the people from that class uh, at different times and i look back at all the memories really we had and uh just just some incredible memories that i'll always cherish from, yeah. from our group any thoughts from uh class of 03 I, I kind of like having a small class when I look back now, like, you know, I mean, you realize and care about the people and it's easier to stay in touch and it's easier, well, I guess, kind of, it's easier to like <laughs> really like know who people are and yeah, have that bond where, and there wasn't so many clicks because there couldn't be, yeah. there couldn't be like, you know, like you have one click and there's only enough students for one click, like type of thing. And I mean... It made the experience a whole lot, it's a whole lot different. Like, I don't know, I can't compare because my high school experience wasn't like most people's, you know, in the world. So, but I'm appreciative of it. And coming from there has taught me a lot. And, you know, there's still a lot of growing afterwards and I still feel like I have a lot of growing to do. And I mean, there's decisions I made that I'm not proud of, but there's decisions I made that I am. And I've learned from those. And well, that's just life. I mean, that's yeah, life true. in general. And, and I remember people saying, well, you're, you're going into small school. You're going to be sheltered. I, I used to hate those things because we do grow. I mean, I, I look back, I think it was such a unique experience to be in, in, at Rio, a small group of people mm -hmm. are your peers. And then you go to college and then you go into work life or, or you know, in your case, become a, a parent and everything. Like it's, it's just life. It progresses. And, and I look back, I wouldn't change anything. I, I, I'm so glad yeah. that we were all classmates and uh, colleagues in those days. And, you know, maybe it's okay for a little bit to be sheltered because the world is not a nice place sometimes like to have that, you know, like we were still so young. We thought we were so old, like, yeah. <laughs> Oh, but I'm like, you know, however old, but it's like, you know, you're still so much to learn. And so I mean, it set me up with a good, you know, foundation to learn and to grow and, you know, just to. Absolutely. Um, who I am. I don't think I'd be who I am or where I am without that. 
Oh, that's very well said. Um, I was recently up at Mount Care in Wrightwood, California, and saw Bill Lee, Charlene Lee. I know you, you know, you're pretty close with Charlene. Um, uh, alongside of Charlene, who are some of the other people that you stay in touch with a little bit from Rio or Care Youth League uh, that you kind of either either see or are in contact with uh, over these last few years? Um, well, I, um, Alicia, um, Cassandra, I have to say, and I still see the Parkers and stuff, you know, oh, okay. I was really close to the Parker family, always have been, like, they've been at most of my big events in life, whether it's wedding, um, you know, my kid plays with JT's kid, like, they're the same age, so just, you know, their whole, their family's just really been there for a lot of my milestones, and how crazy is that when you were pretty close with the Parker kids, right? Growing I up. I watched them for like years and years and years. Yeah. And now he's a dad. And so <laughs> it's got to be weird, right? <laughs> yeah, it's so weird. It's so weird to see these people who, like, no, what's weird is when I left, people stayed the same in my mind. Yeah. So when I yes. did go back to like a football game, because, you know, my, my cousin Jessica is married to Chasiana and her younger brother plays for real right now. And so I started, well, like a year ago, I actually started taking my son to some of the football games, you know, to expose him, he, you know, play sports, like once you play sports, so I'm like, <laughs> we're going to expose you. And I was just like, oh my gosh, when did these people grow up? Like Clarissa Johnson, Valerie's daughter, oh, who's like three, I know. has come and watched my son. And I'm like, how are you so old? Like, I remember, <laughs> I remember when these people were born. I'm like, wait a minute. This yes. This means I'm seventy. I've I've aged. What's happening? Oh my god! It is so weird, and it is like no, no, no. I changed your diapers, like you know, type of thing. <laughs> and it's so it's so it's like bizarre to me to see all this. Like Ty Loomis got married. Like what? Like what? Like yeah. I watched you. Like little kids. You know, it's just it well, makes Bill, me feel so old. Bill and Charlene's daughters. I mean, we saw them. Oh all, yeah, they're grown like, up. They are so tall, and I'm like, what? You guys are all grown up now. I remember when you guys were little, little kids. And, and yeah. you know what's funny? You remember when you were a kid and people used to say that to you and you'd be like, why does yes. everyone always say that? You're like, be quiet. <laughs> yeah, come on. I mean, that's not a big deal. It, I'm grown it is so, so weird and so, so strange. And she even go, so, like every time I still trip out, like, oh my gosh. <laughs> You're who? Like, yeah. my, you know, like the Kirby's youngest daughter who was like a baby. Like I, I you know, she's in high school now. And I saw her, I'm like, wait, what? <laughs> wait, you know, you're not that kid. Like, there's no way. Like, it's just, it's bizarre, but it's cool to see that. Well, pretty soon. Yeah, pretty Jeremiah, your son. No, you don't say, I mean, uh, Jeremiah's going to grow up and uh, before you know it, he'll be all, <laughs> you know, you love the, the young times right now. Um, <laughs> I, well, I feel like he's growing too fast as it is. Like, I'm like, how are you going to be three? Like, you're talking, <laughs> you're a person. Like, you're a person. What you is have this? an opinion now. Like, what? <laughs> I think he out eats me already. Oh, you can wow. ask Jessica about that. This homeboy, he likes to eat. Oh man, that's it's great good. stuff. That is great stuff. Well, well, maybe our maybe our paths will cross at a real Hondo yes. football game. That would be great. Um, but but Becky, what do you think of this? I know most other high schools do this. I don't think Rio does it that often, but it's been 17 years since we graduated. <laughs> what are your thoughts? Oh my thoughts? gosh, has it really? 17. Yep, 17 years. Oh you re let me let me put some. I remember our graduation. I do we too. never sat down. No. <laughs> that bugs me. So listen to this. I just thought of this. So it's been 17 years. I know you were, you were older. I had a January birthday also. So I was 18 yeah. when I graduated. Oh, yeah. But think about it. 
seven, we, most people graduated when they were 17. Right. And it's been 17 years since we graduated. Wow. Put it in that perspective. <laughs> so Can you crazy. not? <laughs> don't make me so no old. more. Well, what do you think about this, Becca? What do you think about, uh, what do you think about the class of 03 finding a way to get together for a 20th year reunion sometime? I, yeah, I very think soon. We should. It could be anything. It could be at a restaurant. I don't care. But I, I think it would be cool to uh, try to make it happen in a couple of years. I, I think that'd be cool. I mean, we're already almost there. That's crazy to me. Everyone will have uh, wives I, and husbands and kids. It's going to be crazy. No kids. <laughs> No kids. No. It's a kid-free night. That's kid what I free. say. I like it. I like it. Yeah, I'm that. so down for that. Like weddings, I don't have kids. Don't offend me. I'm like, thank you. Thank you for letting <laughs> me have a night off. Like, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, it's a this is a fun night. We're not to say you can't have fun with the kids, but that's funny. But no, you okay. can't. No, you can, but not. It's not the same. <laughs> it's not the same. You're right. Well, 20, 2023 in a couple years it. here. 2023. Let's uh, let's make it happen. We got we got three years to plan it out and. Uh, Hey, go get it then. <laughs> Sorry. 2023, we had a few years to plan it out, but let's try to make that reunion happen. Well, no, I can plan, but I just don't like it. Uh, well, I'll contact you. Uh, let's do a, it. And you, you can be in charge of getting the ladies together. How's that? All right. It was good to hear from you. And oh, you too. Your face. You look Been, the same. See, still young. We're still the same. Don't, aren't, we, aren't we both yeah. 22 still? exactly 30 is the new 20s don't you know i do so. know this uh yeah but i'm running out of 30s is the problem me too <laughs> i'm like oh my gosh like Wait what, a minute. what has happened there's a four coming up soon that i don't like that's i mean mm -hmm. years away <laughs> it's it's crazy to think about uh what it's gonna it's gonna continue to happen we can't do yes. much about it becky uh but anyway and if in the future you need some of my services for doulas or lactation, <laughs> let me know. Uh, it could be a while. I don't be. know if that's in your future, if that's what you want. Like, you know, <laughs> we shall see. People decide not to have kids. I totally get that. I'm like, yes, do that. Yeah. Kids I think, are, they take a lot. As of right now, I think that's kind of where we're at, but we'll see. That could you know, it, it's a lot. And I commend people who say they don't want them and, good like you made a wise choice for you and that's better than having a kid and not wanting it mm -hmm. they're a yeah. lot of work oh, they're yeah. a lot of work <laughs> well rebecca <laughs> salcedo it's, that's weird to say but uh -uh. it's uh <laughs> on there please oh, oh still he just brought like a giant cup of water to the carpet oh just for yeah. fun <laughs> that's the oh See, we're learning a lot about uh, two-year-old activities here during this episode. Well, Rebecca, did that himself. That is awesome. Rebecca Salcedo, Becky Hetty, uh, thank you so much for joining us. This was a blast. Any any parting words of wisdom for our listeners? No, no? not that I can think of. Thank <laughs> you for having me. And of course, it was nice to talk with you. And you know, I've listened to your podcast a few times when I have time without kid music in my car. But oh, have you? Okay. Yeah. Of course, some of the. Uh, people you tuned in for billy okay his, that was a long I'm trying to, yeah i'm trying to remember there's a few, couple other ones you know i have a really bad memory pregnant not pregnancy brain uh mother brain like <laughs> i will like be like oh my gosh like what am i doing i walk into a room forget what i'm doing so like i know i have i just can't think of it at the moment it will come to me later sure sure and thing. i'll have to text you and be like this one <laughs> this one yeah <laughs> 
It's all those books you've read. You got all kinds of stuff going on it's up so in there. So much head. going on up here. It's not Oh, awesome. man. Well, well, Becky, thanks for joining me. Of course, uh, I was happy to have you. Uh, I'll let you get back to, uh, to your son there, Jeremiah. And uh, yeah, all the great things you're doing. I appreciate um, the things you're pursuing. I think it's wonderful. Thanks for sharing all that information. No and uh, it's been a great time catching up. All right. Have a good day. All right. Three years. Three years. 20-year yeah, reunion. Let's do it. Let's do it. I'm there. <laughs> See you later. All right. A big thank you to Rebecca Salcedo, also known as Becky Hetty. Thank you for tuning in and uh, recording with me a few days ago for a fun uh, interview. It was a blast catching up. I wish you nothing but the best, uh, you know, in moving forward. Just uh, I love the passion you have for what you're doing with the new mothers and everything. And I think it's great. And I wish you nothing but the best. Uh, my best to your husband, Joseph, and your young son, Jeremiah. Uh, and moving forward, uh, hopefully, hopefully, Becky, we get to talk very soon. And I'm very serious about that reunion. We we need to make it happen. The class of 03. We got a couple years, but in 2023, let's get uh, let's get the band back together and uh, and have a, a nice uh, high school reunion as as normal high schools do, I guess. Uh, out there, whatever the case is. Anyway, thanks, Becky. That was a that was a lot of fun catching up and sharing some memories for sure. Well, guys, that will wrap up our week of shows here on the Get Home Safe podcast. Uh, well, I should say three shows uh, per week as our new format is Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. We'll have more of the same next week. On Monday will be a big sports recap show uh, with me talking about college football, NFL football, and yes, we would definitely dive into the fight from Saturday night, Tiafimo Lopez against Vasily Lomachenko. I can't wait for it, and I can't wait to talk to you guys about what we see on Saturday night. So there'll be plenty to discuss on Monday. Uh, I'm not sure if we're going to bring in anybody to talk about it. Uh, We may or may not do that on Mondays, but most of the time it's going to be just me on Mondays rambling away, giving my thoughts on everything that happened in football and MMA and boxing over the weekend. Uh, Just a, a chance to really let out all of my frustrations and then speak out onto some of the things I see. So that's the plan on Mondays in moving forward. Uh, Wednesday will be Bill Barnes again on the weekly Wednesday weigh-in. He's our weekly guest, and we want to definitely plan our schedule around him, the retired police officer and retired college baseball umpire. And then Friday, we'll have another guest, much like we did today with Becky Hetty, as well as the Suds with Studs segment that we love to do here on the Get Home Safe podcast. So a lot of fun things ahead. Thank you for tuning in this week uh, to listen to our shows it's been great seeing the podcast continue to grow and we just love the listenership the support if you're new to listening uh, we want to tell you about all the different options really where you can follow the podcast and uh, you know stay tuned stay updated on all the information we have a twitter handle that is get home safe pod our facebook and instagram page is get home safe podcast and our email address is get home safe podcast at yahoo.com we would love to hear from you so if you have any thoughts on the show maybe some questions some contact suggestions whatever the case may be send us an email uh, we love hearing from our, our fans from our listeners from our enemies what whatever whoever just uh, you know where to reach us and we would love to hear from you just like you hear from us 
on the Get Home Safe podcast Monday, Wednesday, and Fridays. Uh, email is the best way to get a hold of us. But if you want to through so- social media, those are great too. We use our social media generally to put out episodes and also information about new content, new upcoming guests, just so you guys know who to look forward to. And, uh, you know, with this new format, it's, it's a lot easier. <laughs> There's a lot less of that. Uh, you know what you're getting on Monday and Wednesday. There could be some changes, so you can always stay updated with the social media platforms, but always look on Thursdays for that information regarding the upcoming guests on Fridays, as we will always try to have a, a guest on Fridays. That is the plan for now in moving forward. A big thank you to Becky Hetty. It was uh, so much fun, guys. I hope you have a wonderful weekend. Uh, if, if you're listening to this over the weekend, appreciate your listenership again to those new listeners out there. Give us a like, give us a follow. Uh, we would greatly appreciate it and hope you will be back with us, whether it be Monday or Wednesday or Friday next week. It's just fun to uh, know people are listening and see how many episodes continue to get lots and lots of plays. Well, that's about it for me, guys. Thank you for tuning in. Looking forward to next week's shows already. Have a great weekend out there, everybody. And guys, no matter what you're doing, whether you're out on the town or around in third base, get home safe. <laughs>